Hey guys, welcome back to Be The Sunshine. It's Courtney Richardson, and this episode is The Power of Being an Advocate. I am incredibly grateful to have the amazing, beautiful Adriana David. She's the former Miss Maryland USA and Miss Maryland America. She has so much more to her though. She is incredibly brave, empowering, gorgeous on the inside, obviously on the outside too. And I am so excited for you guys to hear more about her. She is, she does incredible service work and she's just the definition of inspiring. And I'm sorry, there's a little bit of background noise in the interview, but you can still clearly hear all the amazing words she has to say. So let's get to the interview. so grateful that you came today you are so sweet thank you so much for having me <laughs> also i know people can't see but your outfit i'm obsessed with ah, thank the you you're awesome this um i'm wearing like a little black polo dress it's from zara it's still there so you can still <laughs> you can still go grab it if you want but yeah no i love glasses and i love gold so it's all black and <laughs> gold too. everybody i have these butterfly gold things oh in. so sweet those are cute so i have a lot of like powerful things that i'm excited to talk about but i wanted to start with your pageant things because you are you've been so successful thank you <laughs> i wanted to ask what made you start competing in pageants so okay a kind of backstory to me that um it's kind of like my first claim to fame i was a competitive cheerleader for 13 years and i was with this team called the maryland twisters um at the end of my career and i won the world championships in 2011 and um, we placed silver in 2012 and so originally i was going to go to college as an athlete but then i got injured so i um, had tommy john surgery on my elbow they had to take part of my hamstring out of my leg put it into my elbow and um, I was out for 16 months and then I had to end my career. So at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, cheerleading is my identity. It's mm-hmm. who I am. I was actually internationally voted American Cheerleader Magazine's Cheerleader oh, of the Year. Amazing. Yeah, it was. It was like, I was like, I was like, this is all I ever want for my whole life was just to be a su- successful, excuse me, cheerleader. And um, then I couldn't, my biggest dream was to cheer in college. And so I, it, that ended up not happening. Um, and that was actually when I first um, started experiencing more of the depressive side mm-hmm. of um, the disorders that I've had um, and PTSD. But um, anyway, so fast forward there, I leave the University of Alabama. Um, actually, I had a little like, um, gap year moment I moved to LA to try and be an actor which I am an actor now I, I didn't give up awesome. on the dream but um, I didn't you don't really need a degree to do that so I was like I don't know what I want to go to school yet I just did a couple years at Alabama um, but I was doing that for my sport so I kind of went to LA and then I ran out of money and then I came home to Maryland so now I'm at Maryland in Maryland with my parents they're still support they're supporting me at this point and they're like if you go back to school we will help you and you're because they're my parents um, my mom's Hispanic uh, Mexican and my dad's Lebanese Middle Eastern so they're very like they weren't allowed to do the arts yeah. so they wanted to let me do it but they wanted me to still get my education so I'm at Montgomery College and I'm go- getting credits there to then transfer to University of Maryland and um, basically my mom and I had started a nonprofit called Charities Angels That's and amazing yeah and so we're a group <laughs> of women our slogan is party for a purpose and so we're a group of women and we throw different charity events um, throughout the year and every different event goes to a different charity of our choice and so this is a long long story of I love it okay good um, and so 
ultimately my cousin at the time um, had a terminal illness. She had lupus, the autoimmune disease. Oh, no. And so that was, yeah, it ultimately mm-hmm. affected her kidneys. She lost her kidneys and she um, had to get a transplant and then her body rejected the transplant. So then she needed kidneys again. So we were like looking for an alternative to just transplants because her body couldn't survive that. And there was a project called um, the Kidney Project at the University of California, San Francisco, and they are developing a bioartificial kidney to replace dialysis. And it'll be just implanted inside of your abdomen. So that was like, Charities Angels were like, okay, we're gonna do this first one for my cousin Juliana. That's gonna be our annual, you know, Halloween party, which is called Sinners and Saints. And so we basically, Charities Angels had become my life at this point because I was transferring to school and I didn't have cheerleading anymore. And then someone recommended, you know what, you should do pageants because Mm -hmm. you're a performer already and you have this platform. Um, You should just do it. And so I Googled pageants. (laughs) And I had been to watch one pageant for the USA system, like in middle school, um, because I had a friend compete. But I'd never, I was a cheerleader then. So I was like, no, I'm not gonna do pageants, I'm a cheerleader. So then at this point, I'm not anymore. And I was like, okay, I mean, why not? So I Googled, and the first one that comes up on Google is the Miss USA system. Mm -hmm. They're just like a franchise, a for-profit franchise. And so I did Miss Maryland USA first. I competed once, um, and without any training, I had gotten second runner-up. That's insane. Yeah, and so I was like, what the heck? Like, maybe I can really do this. Because at first, I like didn't tell anybody. Because I was like, I didn't want anybody to know. I didn't want to lose in front of everyone. I was like, no, like I'm just going to do this incognito. And that's a hard one. It'd be your first one. Yeah, exactly. So I ended up doing well, um, all for Julie and I always say, especially with the girls I coach now, if you find your why, it's a lot easier Mm -hmm. to um, really have great things to talk about in your interview and really just present a good package with yourself. And so the next year I went back and I won Miss Maryland USA 2017. And then I had an amazing year of service. Um, I went to Miss USA in Vegas. It was an unbelievable experience. Um, And then... Then I'm like, okay, so that year's done, right? And then so I'm judging on a panel because once you kind of win titles, you get invited to judge and you get invited to do other things like that. And so I'm on a panel and a lady on the panel, her name's Vicky Ram. She does all sorts of pageant stuff. She was like, have you ever thought of doing Miss America? And I was like, I think I aged out of that one, actually. Like, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, actually, um, they just extended the age limit. And so I'm like, okay, I mean, maybe I'll look into it. She goes, I think it's honestly really good for you because it's a nonprofit organization mm-hmm. and it really focuses on platforms. And so little did I know just because I was Googling pageants <laughs> that Miss America was probably the one I should have done first because mm-hmm. it's way more platform oriented. I didn't even know that there was a difference between the two before I got into pageants. Yeah, that's a lot, <laughs> a common misconception. I mean, those are the two biggest, like Miss America, Miss USA yeah. are the two biggest, but also there's like Miss United States, mm-hmm. Miss international there's miss globe miss earth miss world there's all of these different technically there's probably like 20 different miss marylands <laughs> but those are just kind of the two biggest ones um and the ones that are televised but so so yeah so then i was like okay i might as well try it and i actually competed so for miss america you have to do local competitions before you can go to states and i actually lost my first local no way yeah i lost and i was like okay maybe this isn't for me like this is like maybe just the transition is too different whatever and the so two then are I are very different they're so different yeah for those who don't know us has like swimsuit, evening gown and interview, and then America has same thing with evening gown and interview, but then they have talent. So that was another thing, like doing the talent. I had mm-hmm. a stage talent, because um, I'm an actor and performer, 
but I just, I sang All of Me for that local by John Legend. And um, a lot of people, ultimately when I went to Miss Maryland, so I, I ended up doing another local and I ended up winning. Um, but it was the sweeps title, which is like the one at the end of the year and you don't get a coach. So I was like, okay, I really got to buckle down because I only had a month till Miss Maryland. So I changed my whole entire vocal because I'm more of an actor. Um, and a lot of girls who have like these beautiful voices, they'll stand up there in the gowns and they'll sing and it'll be amazing. But I was like, okay, that's like not going to carry me in this competition. So <laughs> I picked a song from Superman's The Musical and it's called, um, You've Got Possibilities. And... I did sort of like a vintage getup and it was a full character spiel. But yeah, so that's my, so then I competed at Miss America after I won Miss Maryland. I couldn't believe I won because obviously I'd lost locals. So I was like, what the yeah. heck? So I couldn't believe I had won Miss Maryland America and then I competed at Miss America. And um, I actually won the first runner up to the Quality of Life Scholarship for all of the work we do with Charities Angels and the Kidney mm -hmm. Project. Um, I was afforded even more scholarship money for that. I got like That's 10 amazing. more thousand dollars in scholarship money. So that was honestly like, even though I didn't ever get like top 15 or anything, mm -hmm. that just made it all worth it. Just totally. all the exposure we got for Charities Angels. And I think it's so cool that a lot of people don't realize, and I didn't even realize before I got into pageants that how much um, back work there is like there was so much work that I had to do behind the scenes that people don't realize and there was so much charity got so much more into my life when I got into it I was like all these opportunities and I'm like I actually enjoy it like I remember I went to I think the Marriott with a lot of the girls and we did all these cool service things I was like this is actually so fun yeah it's <laughs> so community oriented also the girls like because that was the thing for me I thought the girls were gonna be kind of catty yeah I was like, they're oh not I was like, they're not at all and I was like because I was like oh I was a cheerleader like I can mm -hmm. handle that and I also went to Holy Cross in all girls school so I was like I can handle if there's any drama but they weren't at all I ended up making so many friends like yeah. honestly a lot of my friends now I live in New York City um, and a lot of my friends now um, we all live there and we still see each other we um, hang out we do like Galentines and like all these fun little <laughs> events with like my pageant friends um, but they're all just so ambitious too yeah. like they're all so goal -oriented. they're goal oriented well rounded they're all doing like nine things like all of them have like not only do they have jobs and their college degrees but they're also like have a nonprofit or a patent or a book or like they do all of these incredible things um so yeah really brought an amazing community even just for myself yeah i wanted to ask you what was your favorite or most memorable experience as miss maryland usa or america um, okay. Well, there's a lot of experiences. I actually have a YouTube channel if you guys oh, want to awesome. go tune in. I, I, my second year, I did a lot of coverage. It's just Adriana C. David is my YouTube channel to watch some of my um, appearances. But honestly, I'd have to say everything, um, like being able to just broadcast Charities Angels. And we ultimately, from being... We had already raised over a million dollars, but then on top of Miss Maryland, we were able to raise another million dollars for the Kidney Project. And um, also we were able, so NIH down in Bethesda, um, they have all these grants that they give to different projects. And so there had been a grant that had been pending for the Kidney Project for a really long time. And so with all of our advocacy, we were able to push that and they were able to be given a grant of $16 million. So we were just able to really, um, I don't want to be redundant, but honestly, that like is just my mission and my cause. And Juliana, my cousin, has really um, given me my purpose in life, even to pursue a higher platform of influence after pageantry mm -hmm. to, you know, go for entertainment. Um, but I will say there were some really fun things that I did, like 
Um, I had, so if you, it depends on your talent for Miss Maryland America, but since I had a vocal talent, I would sing the national anthem like oh. everywhere I went. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Cause they would always book me. And so like, I have pretty, some like pretty funny locations. Like I sang the national anthem at the grand opening of a Wawa. <laughs> That's awesome. Love <laughs> so Wawa. That was like really random and funny. Um, I also got to sing the national anthem at the Orioles game and I got to throw out the first pitch, which oh, was really incredible. cool. Um, and then um, my year of Miss Maryland USA, I got to go to all of the inauguration balls because it was the year that um, Trump won. And so I got to go to every ball and that was just so, and I got to be there on Capitol Hill when he was inaugurated. Like I got, my parents and I got special, they loved that just to like be in, <laughs> at an inauguration yeah. and not be in the very back by the yeah. Lincoln, you know? So yeah, no, it just provided it gives you so many opportunities and you can also use it to your favor. So I actually went out of my way to, you know, pitch email myself and get into, um, I worked with the National Kidney Foundation and a lot of other um, organizations, um, the Kidney X Initiative, just to um, continue pursuing my things. I also got to testify on house bills in, Ala in Annapolis, um, which was really cool. I got to work with some senators and some house of representatives and we were honored as Charities Angels also, which was really amazing just to have us be honored at the state level recognition. Working with Governor Hogan is also super mm -hmm. cool. I, you just learn so much because yeah. it's like I wouldn't have ever gone through a lot of the doors I walked <laughs> totally. in without this because they just book you and so you're just, you're kind of like a substitute teacher for important people. So like if the governor can't show up or if any like delegate or something can't go they're just like okay we'll send miss maryland like she can go got you. <laughs> so you just walk in all these places i think that's a reason that you were so inspiring for me and probably so many others is that you did so much not like you weren't just like i'm miss maryland i'm gonna take pictures like you were so like in the community doing anything that you can to actually make a difference thank you which i think was it's just so inspiring to listen to even i really appreciate you saying that yes that more to me than you <laughs> and i wanted to ask you while you were competing did you struggle with any mental illness or was it before or after so um i kind of have a a long or a long history I mean like I was diagnosed with my learning differences um, in high school mm -hmm. and those um, that kind of really affected my time at Holy Cross because I didn't I had had them my whole life obviously yeah. so I was diagnosed with ADHD combined type which is ADD and ADHD but they just call it ADHD combined now and um, and then also dyslexia and so but in in girls actually it's a lot harder to pinpoint because girls are so caring and like you know how boys they just won't hand in their homework because no. they don't care and then like you could probably find it a lot sooner yeah. in elementary school but girls were like no we don't want the teacher to not like us totally. so we'll la we'll do our homework for three hours instead of whatever <laughs> so I always thought I was just like slow mm -hmm. or like I just needed to take more time on things I was never really good at test taking so honestly um, and this is it's so um, I'm so happy I can talk about this today because before I used to be so embarrassed but I almost got kicked out of Holy Cross for cheating because um, yeah. they have like the one-stop policy and they yeah. do it a lot of Catholic schools in our area but I just had no idea and actually this lady named Ann Nichols that was from Good Counsel just got hired as the principal at Holy Cross and my mom was like we made a meeting because they my mom obviously none of us wanted me to leave Holy Cross I loved mm -hmm. Holy Cross and um, Ann Nichols was, she had like a meeting with my mom one on one and a meeting with me. And at the end of it, apparently she had been um, helping in the Riken program and she had already had a long background of learning disabilities. And she was like, okay, if you, she told my mom and me, she was like, if you go to this, this and this and do this program and see if, um, I think your daughter may have some learning differences. And that may be why she was impulsive behavior, insecure about school and then cheating. 
And so it turned out that I um, did. And then I was able to go back to Holy Cross after I completed this memory program. And so that, um, so long story longer. Um, <laughs> I love it. No, I really do. Um, so then I'm medicated, right? And so mm-hmm. for learning disabilities, you have like all these different medications. But what a lot of people don't realize is that they're speeds. They're stimulant drugs that are very similar to really terrible drugs like cocaine, like mm-hmm. meth. You know, like Adderall is literally only one molecule away from meth. And that is something so addictive. And people don't really realize that. So I had been... And so with... It's not necessarily that with the um, disabilities you have these other mental illnesses, but with the medication and it's just the change of your chemical imbalance, mm-hmm. it's really common to have anxiety disorder. And so I was kind of... But actually, when I, once I started the Adderall medication, it completely relieved my anxiety because then I went from being a C student to a straight A student just because my memory retention was getting better and I was able to have more resources like extended time, a note taker, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So ever since then, it like saved my life. Um, but it wasn't until um, my injury, that was the first time I ever um, experienced major depre- depression, major depressive disorder. And that was basically because I was bedridden for six months. So, so my freshman year of college, I was like the athlete on the motorized wheelchair, um, being rid- driven around in a golf cart, and I was just on like heavy painkillers yeah. because of my injury. And so um, I couldn't, it wasn't six months, but it feels like six months. It was, I, I couldn't um, drive for six months, but I couldn't walk for three. So I was um, basically bedridden for three months and I had to like sponge bathe, my roommate and my athletic director had to sponge bathe me in college. It was just like totally traumatic because I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time I experienced depression. And so, and all of my depressive um, sort of periods in my life are situational. Um, or due to PTSD. So PTSD was sort of in that diagnosis because it was so traumatic that I didn't have access to my body. And that was who I identified so much with within myself. And so then um, I didn't really experience another bout of major of depression or um, PTSD until I lost Miss USA. Um, and that was something like that was, I didn't really expect it to affect me so much yeah. because I hadn't been doing pageants my whole life. But when you're like training for something every day, so hard, same thing with cheerleading. It was just like another experience like that, where it was like going to worlds, but, but with cheerleading, I could go to worlds every year in high school because mm-hmm. I was going to, but I only get Miss USA one time. Yeah. So that was, it wasn't as large. It was only probably like a month and a half period of time after Miss USA. Um, but it's, it's uh, the same thing happens to me. I, I know exactly what my, um, like, oh, I'm so aware of, like, when I'm going kind of down into the mm-hmm. place of being depressed. Like, I start eating terribly. I don't want to work out. Um, even Not necessarily binge eating, but I have such a sugar addiction. Candy is, <laughs> like, my life. Um, I love candy so much. <laughs> and so I just can have these things where I notice, like, okay, you're, like, now I can kind of, like, adapt to it because I know, like, okay, Adriana, this is, your body is telling you something like we need to get on top of the mind because the mind controls everything. Yeah, which I think is so cool. This One of the reasons I started this podcast is to bring more awareness to mental health issues because I feel like if you, so many people try to hide it or bottled in and then if you don't talk about it, you don't realize like the warning and the red flags and then you're just going to like go down that bad hill. But like if you have people like you who are amazing and like open and talk about it you can help other people realize oh that's a red flag for me I need to recognize that and then you can pull yourself out of that before you go down a bad path totally 
That's so true. And also just really, I mean, something I struggled with was because I was the oldest child, mm -hmm. my parents didn't have, and because our parents, the generations above, well, I mean, I know you and I are different generations, but the generation above us too, they're um, so much more, um, what's the word? They're so much more, um, and not entitled, but they, um, don't they weren't really yeah yeah they're more well they're also more um they keep their feelings to themselves mm -hmm. because during their like when they were growing up it it was like if you if it's not good don't talk about it yeah and it's like also or when our parents and stuff grew up they had like war going on so grief counseling was a lot mm -hmm. more common and just um talking about mental health is more of a taboo and more of like a stereo or a stigma yes. um and it was less like scientific back then mm -hmm. so for me especially having um diverse family like women or like people of color um in the hispanic community and in the middle eastern communities like t jesus is all you need you know <laughs> like yeah. like jesus will and yes I, the lord my savior has saved me from the pits of mental health so totally. many times however now we have so much science that identifies different disorders with different names different coping mechanisms different treatments for each type of whatever you're experiencing so I had to educate and try to educate my family a lot on things that were going on with me so it was mm -hmm. like I was like googling because mm -hmm. I didn't have the resources to pay for doctors or to yeah. go find stuff so I like a lot of the th times and maybe this will be different for your generation but I just feel like the awareness around mental health was so much more like oh like n no like you're fine you're like fine. you're fine <laughs> yeah literally you're, like you're like stop like you're so blessed count your blessings like, just you're be fine. happy yes exactly <laughs> And not to knock my parents, they just didn't know better. And that's what I, I try to tell people too. It's like everybody's only doing the best that they can. And sometimes, something my therapist really told me that really hit home for me is that sometimes you have to get sick for people to take you seriously. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I know I'm not happy that I was ever sick, but at the same time, if I didn't get sick, I wouldn't have been able to get the help that I needed. And now I'm so much better and so, I'm definitely way more regulated than I ever was. Mm -hmm. um, and now my whole family, like we even did family counseling when even with the learning differences, like I went with my mom so that she could learn about it. Yeah. But it's also just constantly educating yourself because if we would have recognized that the Adderall had such effects negatively mm -hmm. for anxiety and stuff, I, we probably would have known how to treat the anxiety yeah. better when, and the depression better when it happened later in my life. But that's just something we had to learn. Um, but yeah, no, I would just say constantly educate yourself and just always so be open and, and listen. And like I, so I've struggled with mental health too. Like I was, I'm in recovery from an eating disorder. I'm actually medicated for anxiety myself. It's something I've struggled with, like panic attacks. When I was little, like I would hear about obviously depression and things like that and I'd be like, that's ridiculous. Like they should just be happy. Like why are they choosing? Like just be happy. Until you actually experience it, you'll never realize how real it is. Mm -hmm. And so did you want to talk about like what PTSD or depressive was to you like what it like truly like the meaning of it so um i will say more recently um i have gone through an entire bout um during covid not because well covid definitely attributed like totally 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 had some factors <laughs> into my depression this past year but so the cousin that i mentioned actually passed away i'm so sorry it's okay she's <laughs> she's an angel she's flying all she's right here with us right <laughs> yeah. now jude is here um but so she unfortunately did not pass away from her mental mm -hmm. illness she passed away from a drunk driving accident that's terrible yeah um and the driver survived 
so it's kind of, and they ran into a tree and it's just this whole anyway so this is a whole nother experience of ptsd for me yeah because not only did she pass away she passed away completely different than how we had planned she was mm -hmm. supposed to be a part of the human trials for the kid the bioartificial kidney for the kidney project and that didn't happen and now we're experiencing we're not suing the driver but yeah. the state of texas is and the driver's facing like 30 years it's just like a whole disaster and then right after she well mind you um, just this whole story right now that I'm going to address is um, grief mm -hmm. because I had never gone through grief. My grandparents had passed away the year before. I had both of my grandfathers pass away a week apart from each other and I cried at the funeral but I was also Miss Marilyn at the time and I was um, in a play for school so I was just so busy that I like had to focus on other things. Yeah. So then um, fast forward then my cousin passed away but three months prior to my cousin passed away, my grandmother on that side passed away too. So I have three grandparents passed away, then Jude, and then I get home from Texas and my cat gets hit by a car. Oh my God. So it is just like bam, 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 yeah. bam, 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 bam. I had a friend from middle school that actually, it's so funny, you live really close to him, he lives right over there off Cashel Road, he commits suicide so due to mental illness, yeah. obviously. Um, and then I also had my friend's dad, one of my best friends growing up, who also used to live right around here, he got pancreatic cancer and passed away which within three months. So talk about never experiencing grief and then experiencing yeah. such an overload of grief. Mm -hmm. While I have nothing to do because COVID is shut down and I'm an entertainer and everything I do is canceled. So it's just been a whole nother experience. But what I can't I can tell imagine. you, yeah, what I can tell you is that when people say like death changes you, I finally understand what they mean. Mm -hmm. um, when you're in these periods of just being so low, you have no motivation. It's like, like there were days I had to ask my boyfriend to literally pull me out of bed. Like I did not want to be out of my bed. I wanted to be in the dark. I was in the dark for weeks. Um, and it like, you don't think about eating at all. You don't think about anything that you're required to do when you're in like major depressive periods of your life. Um, you don't have linear thoughts. You have racing thoughts all the time, but then you don't want to do anything about them. So you feel stuck. It's mm -hmm. feeling of stuck and um, just darkness. Like if I can say anything, like almost like possessed. In my opinion, I'm, I'm very devout, by the way, listeners, um, in, in my <laughs> Christian faith. But almost to the point where feeling like possessed by demons. Like yeah. you're not yourself anymore, and you don't have control of your vehicle, and. Um, no no motivation like that's something I can always like and I obviously I'm a model now and everything I've done before that was athletic so going to the gym is really important mm -hmm. for your brain and um, you don't want to do that and you really think um, you think it's gonna and this was the first time of going through grief that I hadn't been able to snap myself out of it all of the other times prior to this like when I mentioned with my injury and when I mentioned with um, the pageant um, those were only like, the injury was longer. It was like a three month depression. And then the pageant was only like a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And so, but this one, like I'm talking like full seven months. Like I just, I just have not been able to get myself to do anything. Yeah. Nor did I really have to do anything because everything yeah. was. <laughs> so I'm also grateful to Jesus, my Lord and savior for giving me the COVID period of time because I feel like I never would have been able to get through that and it would have been way, way worse if I was having to work or if I was having to have other um, mandatory things in my schedule that I had to do. So I do think I'm blessed by 
huge passing uh, in the COVID times. However, it was, it, it becomes terrifying to not be able to feel like yourself. It feel, it's almost like imposter syndrome, like someone else is controlling you and you don't know how to navigate yourself out of it. I just wanted to say that it's, you're so brave for being so successful. Like you're so strong for you're successful with suffering through this and you're even stronger being able to talk about it. Like I had when I was interviewing Antoinette, she was talking about how people in the military, so many of them keep all their things in because they think it's going to make them weak, but it actually makes you so strong when you're able to talk about it. Oh yeah. I mean, the number one healer for me has been talk therapy. Like three times a week, I have two different therapists. I'm, I'm maybe going to get a third because um, I love, and I think we share this. Um, I'm also a yogi as well. Oh, I love it. Yes. I'm actually <laughs> in teacher training right now. Yeah. I, I've been looking into doing that too. Oh, yes. Well, yes, I'm actually looking into, um, there's this another therapist that I want to work with. She um, works with trauma yoga. So it's going to be a physical, like a, a physical mental therapist, which I think will be really cool because right now I have an art therapist mm -hmm. as I'm an artist. And then I also have um, a family couples therapist or she does family and couples. I mainly just use her for family. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, so I may, I want to um, experience because I've never experienced like a mental therapist physically. Mm -hmm. And so she does trauma yoga and I really love yoga. So, um, I'm going to do that, but I will say like just talking and that's the number one thing too. Like at this point, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't allowed to talk about what happened. Yeah. Um, it, I feel like that would just bring me even more into deep, dark corners of myself that I don't want, even want to access. Um, but, and that's something that even when you try to tell people around you, like your friends or family, like it's hard for them to hear, but I always encourage everyone, all of these listeners that you have, um, speak up for yourself and advocate totally. for yourself. I feel like humans are made for interaction and to like support each other. And I'm such a big supporter and people supporting people, like yes. being there for people. And I always talk about how important self-love is because you can't love others if you don't love yourself first. Totally. So I think it's such a great, it, like a positivity cycle I talk about. If you feed yourself these thoughts, you can feed them to others and help build each other up. So I just, I love communication and talking about your issues and saying that it's okay not to be okay. And then you can end on a good note if you share it, like we talk and then you can help end on a good no, which I just think is so incredible. And I wanted, I did an interview yesterday with a yoga instructor and we oh, just no talked way. about, <laughs> we talked about how yoga, it brings such a mental and physical, such a healthy aspect into your life, which is so like people, I didn't even realize I started yoga during my recovery. Cause I started, I was at a place where I couldn't do like run, I can walk. Like I needed to gain, like on a weight gain journey. So I started yoga for the stillness and breathing. And then the like mental health aspect that it brought me like how much better like I felt like a new person in the best way possible and then as I was able to start doing more movement and doing more harder intensity things like I had a new sense of strength totally like I felt stronger doing yoga than lifting weights like my muscles felt so much better and then I felt stronger mentally too I feel the same way um I hadn't been able to do any sort of strength since my injury until mm -hmm. I got to yoga um, I still, I mean, my push-ups are terrible. My chaturangas are terrible. <laughs> but that's, like, obviously because I had an elbow in yeah. injury. But um, I'd never been able, I can do, like, five now. And I'd never been able to. And I'd that been training, in like, intensely. Um, but, yeah, no, I hadn't received my strength back until I started this practice. Um, and, yeah, no, yoga is so healing. Any type of meditation um, so or just, healing. yeah. And for me, I just, um, breathing, like you said, breathing techniques, meditation techniques. 
um, spiritual techniques. It's my absolute favorite thing in the world. To go, I go to like night worship sessions at just different churches, and I just like love worship music. Yeah. And even if it's like blasting music in your car, like just having um, places of comfort that you know exist um, that you can mm-hmm. kind of use when you're going on a downhill. Or, and even negative thoughts, like reaffirming and having affirmations. Like yes. I'm the person oh. that writes like <laughs> on my too. mirror and like I have sticky notes everywhere. Like you are amazing. Shut up and listen to the Lord. Like yeah. I just literally have all these post-it notes. Like you control your mind, um, kill them with kindness. Just all these things, you know, wait expectantly and hopeful trust. Just all these things that can constantly also remind myself and hold myself accountable when I can't do that just mm-hmm. in my brain. I, so I was such, I'm a very active person. I'm on palms. I love doing stuff. And when I was, when I wasn't allowed to be active, I just got to a dark place and I didn't believe it. I was like sitting down, listening to some calming music, like meditation's not going to do anything, writing this down and saying, that's not going to do anything. And then if you just take that step and do it, it's so life changing. Like actually journaling, I've done journaling to it. Like it, if you don't do it, you won't understand how much it actually is so impactful and can change. It helped me like tremendously. Mm-hmm. I'm, I re- recommend it so much. Yes, me too. Journaling. <laughs> I, I don't journal every day by any means, but I keep separate journals. Like me I too. have a yoga journal. I have a. Um, me devout, too. It's my podcast journal. journal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm such a. I'm always an advocate of writing stuff down for yourself, and it's also awesome because you can look back. Mm-hmm. at what you wrote and you're like wow I've really grown from this wow this has been healed for me um I haven't accessed that yet like just to even keep tabs on yourself like no one's gonna help you if, like you have to help yourself is what I always try to remind people as well um or your family can try as much as they can but at, at a certain point it's your responsibility to kind of help yourself I just I actually just wrote this I have a little whiteboard that's on the wall right next to my bed and I write a new quote on it every day to just like help with inspiration I love that yeah no I have a whiteboard too with all my goals I'm like you're gonna win an Emmy yes oh you will I'll vote for you um and this new quote I found yesterday is like you didn't choose your eating disorder like whatever disorder you have but you can choose recovery yes and I always play it in my mind like I today I'm going to choose recovery and like your family your friends they can help you they can support you but it's up to you like you need to be the one that I'm going to choose recovery today or I wake up every day and I always say I'm going to choose today's going to be a great day like bad things might happen like I always say like bad days are gonna happen like Mm -hmm. it's just it's just gonna happen but if you reflect from them and look how you can grow from them and you go into a positive positive like it's it's so different totally and that's I I learned that about death this past Mm -hmm. year like like you know like this was the hardest thing I ever had to go through she was the closest person to me but it's life everybody's gonna die one day like now I have to learn these skills and I have to learn what happened and learn myself in those situations so that it doesn't put me out the -hmm. next time it happens to one of my close family members or my friends you know like you grow and you learn wisdom I I feel like I've learned wisdom this year and really become like a really adult woman of Christ yeah and it's like so sad that they passed away and had to go but like you can grow and become a better version of yourself from it and like handle better and then you'll always be with them in the end and it's so beautiful and like one of the last questions I wanted to ask you is how can others that don't know much about mental illness um help others that are struggling with it or like what would you want someone to say to you when you were like at your worst part Hmm. um okay well it's it's hard everyone's Mm -hmm. different I will say that and also when you are in a place of any disorder any mental illness um 
these people are really functioning in survival mode mm-hmm. and that is a mode where we're very sensitive very very sensitive and um, I think honestly for me um, I would say for the person not to take any experience if it's a negative one that you have with someone else too personally mm-hmm. because the person that is struggling does not have the capacity to recognize that you're trying to help usually and if they are then it could even just tick them off even if you address what's going on and that's not necessarily fair like 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 it's not fair that if you try to help they're gonna get mad at you but at the same time like don't take that personally because they can't even help themselves they have a thunderstorm like yeah there's it's like all the it's literally like fireworks Mm -hmm. like all of these neurons in your brain are just going off uncontrollably the chemicals there are completely imbalanced it is not like talking to a normal person and like that's scientifically proven like it's not just like saying that for excuses like it's a fact yeah so i think if anything for me what would have what would have helped me if you like especially from my family or from my friends if they had provided me a resource like if they were like and yes it's great to say like oh like have you found a therapist Mm -hmm. but I had I'll never forget it's gonna get me emotional right now I had um my Miss Tennessee Mm -hmm. in my Miss America group chat like obviously uh, the pageant people really know my story because they know my platform Mm -hmm. but my Miss Tennessee she actually reached out to me and she said hey do you need it are you talking to anybody and I said actually my therapist I used to talk to retired I don't really have someone she referred me to a doctor she was like call this person right now do that and that honestly like incredible (laughs) it was the most incredible support I had ever received because yes my parents were like get another therapist get another therapist but looking up therapists is like you need the motivation you not only need the motivation you're like looking these people up and you don't like on the internet and you're like I don't know if I'm gonna relate to her I don't know if I wanted to be a guy or a, a woman I don't know if I want them to be older than me or my age or in the middle like you just it's so many more questions and it's so much more of a process um and the thing when you're in these ill ill stages is that you don't want tasks to do you don't want it to be harder that gives you more opportunity to just give up on it like I would I literally had like 10 tabs open of 10 different therapists and I wasn't taking action on any of them and my beautiful friend Christine was just like call this person right now and I was like okay like and then I did and she was able to help me I I mean she's not still my therapist today because it was only telehealth over the phone Mm -hmm. because it was COVID but she and she was in Tennessee like and so but that honestly was just like the most beautiful resource anyone could have given me because she didn't ask me any questions she didn't try to identify a problem with me she wasn't trying because some people also ask you questions and they try to figure out what's actually going wrong and if you're not a doctor you're not going to be able to diagnose mm-hmm. anybody anyway <laughs> so so just honestly I would say to provide tangible resources and not to just give like overall suggestions because that person is probably not going to be able to go looking into research Mm -hmm. of bettering themselves they're going to need step by step like hold hold their hand to get there and maybe do some of the work for them um is my suggestion i think that that's incredible that's a great example like i know when i was like at my worst point people would try to they would try to help me like they would try to fix me and like they was they were not trained so they would just say the totally wrong things and i'm like i just want 
from like from my parents, I'm like, they would be like, what can I do to help you? I'm like, I just want a hug. Yeah. I need a hug and then and help let me. them That's cry. Me. Yeah. Like I like that is something for me. Like I was just like, let me cry and be sad. Like <laughs> it's it's okay for me to be sad. It's like people think that it's not okay to show emotion, mm-hmm. and that is just so not true. And then if you're that also tackles on a whole nother stressor for people that are ill because then they feel bad for being sad Mm -hmm. and that's digging them in a deeper hole totally so it's like if you are with someone that is sad just like sit there and let them cry if they're crying like don't you know like Mm -hmm. let them that is support yes you don't have to get them out of it like support (laughs) is just being there and letting them experience what they're experiencing i need to give the biggest shout out to my dad when i was at the worst he would come home from work he would sit down on the couch he would let me lean on his shoulder and just cry my eyes out when i would finish he would have like a little like gray shirt on and you could see my tears like on his shoulder but he would let me just lay there hug him and cry for as long as i wanted and he would just say i love you yeah like so i just need that was the best my dad he's He's a he's a he's such a good girl dad. Like he yes. always said he's manly to things, but he's he just was the best support system for me. Yes, that's so beautiful. <laughs> mm. Um, so I just thank you so much. This was one of my favorite podcasts ever to do. Like you were just you were so inspiring and powering. Like your success story from dealing with what you have and still being so strong and being impactful is just it's incredible. Oh, like, you're so I'm so sweet. grateful to like be sitting here you're with you so right now. You're so sweet, Courtney. I'm so honored to know you. Thank you so much for reaching out, and thank you to your audience for listening. Um, I'm always here to be a mental health resource and an entertainment resource. Um, being you. in the arts and pursuing the arts is also a whole other tackle of, you know, um, mental illness. A lot of celebrities, a lot of actors, a lot of artists musicians everyone um it's very common for them to deal with mental health too so it's really important to me to constantly bring that up that it's a constant experience that you always have to be aware of yourself and people around you um and i just always put my hope and faith in jesus christ and i'm so grateful that we met through the wcac catholic (laughs) school system um but yeah no thank you so much okay remember guys to always be the sunshine and i love you guys so much